Hello, everyone. My name is Robert Winfrey, and what you're about to listen to is an old episode of a podcast I used to host called Everyone Loves a Bad Guy. This particular episode is part two of a discussion around the Marvel superhero character of the Hulk. This episode is myself and Robert Cooper talking about the various antagonistic forces that oppose Bruce Banner and all the various Hulk iterations. It's not exhaustive by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a pretty good discussion of the various nemeses that square off against the Hulk. If you listen to part one of this, and if you listen to part two, I assume you listen to part one. Part one is myself and Mark Radlich discussing the Hulk as his own antagonist. Because the Hulk is Mark's favorite character. So, that's what's on tap for this particular episode. I thank you as always so very, very much for listening. It means the world to me. Thank you all very much. That's all I've got for this one. So, past me and past Robert Cooper, take it away. Everyone Loves a Bad Guy. I am your host, Robert Wind. Tonight, we are finishing part two of our look at the Hulk. And just to prove that I can't start something and then finish it, because Terminator's still out there, and it might be for some time, just because. Not. But last week, if you were here, we discussed, I had Mark Radlich on, and we discussed the Hulk at length. That's uh, a topic that Mark can go on for days. You know, he told me that beforehand. I didn't think he was being as literal as he was, but he can go on for days about the Hulk. But we talked about the Hulk as a bad guy. We touched a little bit on his main antagonist, for want of a better phrase, in General Thunderbolt Ross. But the Hulk has a pretty decent rogues gallery of his own. We're not talking Batman-level quality here, since we're sticking with comic books, but he does have a fair number of bad guys who he's tangled with, and plenty of them are fairly memorable. Now, I'm not an expert on the Hulk. I loved it when talking just about the Hulk, as evidenced by the fact that I didn't know all the characters from the Hulk television show, and I'm not an expert on all of his villains. But I have a network, and I know people who are. So I brought on someone who does know about the Hulk and his villains across various forms of media. Please welcome back. He was here when we talked about evil corporations. Please welcome back Robert Cooper, gentlemen. Robert, how are you doing? Yeah, 
Not too bad. I'm, I'm just as every just as like the second time I've been on here, and it's the second time I've just been feeling really sinister tonight. But I think this podcast just brings out the worst in me. It just makes me want to start cackling. If I did that, <laughs> I'd be yelled at. It's true. <laughs> you know, there needs to be a location for cackling. I think the villainous laugh and cackle has just kind of fallen out of favor so far, and it's just not fair. You know, you can laugh it's, and be happy, and be able to laugh at others. It's become, it's become almost parody, which is which is sad because a good evil laugh really helps push push that fear that you feel when James Bond's about to get his balls sliced for the laser. And yeah, and there's you no, know, I expect you to die. This gets true. <laughs> the evil laugh—it's an important part of creating a great villain. So, since we're talking about the Hulk, we do have the one that I know we wanted to talk about, that we kind of have to get out there, the Ahab. If the Hulk is Moby Dick, Captain Ahab is General Thunderbolt Rock. He's obsessed with capturing and killing the Hulk. He is the framework for so much of the bad stuff that happens to poor Bruce Banner over the course of his existence as the Hulk. So, how did you get introduced to Thunderbolt? I mean, you're a big, you're an old school comic book fan. I'm sure you, you mentioned that you've read a lot of them. How does he come off to you? Talk to me a little bit about General Ross. Well, I was him because, you know, I grew up in the 90s. Like, home oh, he's kid. Yeah, in the 90s, there was this huge boom in comic book television, comic book-themed cartoons. You know, Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, all class. And the Hulk was indeed one of those, and that was really my, that was my first, that was basically the first uh, showing I've, I've ever saw of the Hulk. I was like, wow, he's really cool and green, and things can hit him, and he just gets greener. He's, he's like the Jolly Green Giant. But as Thunderbolt and Ross, now I'm not exactly huge in the like old school comic books, you know, I'm not that. I'm not, I, my comic shop closed before I could get that big. But when it comes to the modern era, the you know, the 2000s, I'm good on that. But the, I will say Thunderbolt Ross did not show up nearly as much as I thought he would in the uh, newer series. But Thunderbolt Ross, to me, he's kind of like that thorn in Banner's ass. Not even in his side, he's in his ass. Because since his in, since Hulk's incarnation, I felt like very early on, Thunderbolt Ross was always on his ass because, you know, what's there to fight a giant hulking beast than the government? Pretty sure Thunderbolt Ross, for the large part of his career, was the government. He was the military guy going to kill Bruce Banner, and he tried to do it very, very well, and he kind of sort of failed for the most part. Though I think the thing that's very funny is the fact that you have Thunderbolt Ross here, and his daughter is pretty much the one thing that's really keeping the Hulk anchored in humanity with, you know, Betty, because for the most part, Betty is really his, I would say, his motivation for life. Because when you're Dr. Jekyll and you turn into Mr. Hyde all the time and are just an unbridled giant ball of rage, it's good to have a woman to keep you keep you centered. And it's just funny that Thunderbolt Ross... When she's not turning you into the giant green rage monster, she's good to have as your anchor. And t- exactly, you know, it's... <laughs> When she's not being the reason you are turned green, she, she's nice to have. She's good to have be that one thing that you can go back to that will, you know, just cause you to get pissed off again. Like most women. <laughs> and there's our half a woman audience, because I'm pretty sure a Taiwanese midget was our only female listening audience. <laughs> could be. Could be. Could, could be. But I think it's just funny that she loves, Betty does love him so much, and Thunderbolt hates him so much, and it's just a really nice dynamic, because... One, they're really putting, well, I wouldn't say she's, actually, yeah, they are putting each other in danger because, as you said, Betty does make Hulk go all crazy and, like, Hulk smash, and that puts the general in danger because he's going to go and try to attack the Hulk and Betty's going to be there. Yeah, that is a nice dynamic I didn't even think of until now. Hmm. It's a really conflicted, it, it, it takes the traditional 
I don't want you dating my daughter dynamic into a <laughs> into a whole other stratosphere. Uh, Romeo and Dr. Hyde, because the woman's obviously Romeo and Juliet. Now, Dr. he Hyde. does later on, and I'm going to... I am on the internet right now, so I'm going to fire up a little bit of the... Because later on, Thunderbolt becomes the Red Hulk. Now, the Red Hulk first made his debut, um, looks like in 2008, Yep. as far as being on the comics. He is an interesting version of the Hulk, because, well, again, he's still the Hulk. He has just a very different set of skills in some ways, because the Red Hulk is powered by heat. And oh, I didn't as know he, that. Something. Uh, hang on, let me find it here. It's something like that. Like the the hotter he gets, the weaker he becomes. I think it's. You know, I, I looked this up earlier. You thought I would have write it. I would have wrote it down, but no. Yeah. Story of my life. I never write anything down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I thought. Well, okay. Thing okay. I here, here's a little thing about it. The Red Hulk maintains his intellect, which doesn't happen for Bruce Banner for the Hulk until the creation of the Professor. Prior to that, he is just. When he goes Hulk smash, he's pretty much just Hulk smash. Whereas the Red Hulk does maintain the thinking of Thunderbolt Ross, the tactical abilities, all of that fun stuff. Yeah, I remember but, uh, the uh, I remember the thing about the intellect. So, so I was always thinking, I'm like, hey, he's like Joe Fixit. Which, yeah, you know, yeah kind just... of because uh, yeah, Mister Fixit did maintain. Okay, yeah, here it is. Uh, his body temperature increases with his anger, so you, it can be bad to be around him. The angrier he gets, because everything around him becomes heated, but when he be, when it becomes too intense, he doesn't have the internal cooling mechanism to deal with the excessive heat. Okay, that took me far too long to look up. I apologize to everyone. But yeah, the Red Hulk is different. He can he doesn't get stronger as his rage increases like the Hulk does. The Red Hulk gets theoretically gets weaker because his body will overheat. So he maintains some of the human physiology as far as rage goes because it's not healthy to be enraged for long periods of time. No, we've seen Lewis uh, Lewis Black. <laughs> yeah, he's still alive I get, somehow. Oh, I love Lewis Black, but he's, he's so angry. You know, if anybody were to be like the Hulk, it would be a Lewis Black. It's true. He's <laughs> an angry, man. angry little man. He is. Him and Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson is the Red Hulk. So he'd be no, dead in a minute. Yeah. yeah, that's about right. Okay, so since we're talking about Thunderbolt, uh, what did you think of the two different portrayals of him that have happened in movies specifically. Because he was played by the great Sam Elliott in Ang Lee's Hulk and William yeah. Hurt in The Incredible Hulk. How did those play for you? Your thoughts, impressions, how, how did that work oh, out for you? What are your thoughts on the way he's been portrayed in movies so far? It's been so long since I've seen that first Hulk movie. We have it on DVD. It was so shitty. <laughs> Never wanted to go back to it. But if I'm uh, not mistaken, wasn't he pretty much just want to kill the Hulk, and then when he when when he uh, saw Betty, he's like, okay, calm down, guys. And he still wanted to kill the Hulk. <laughs> now, um, I'm pretty sure. I'm not, I can't quite remember. Wind back the memory because I haven't seen yes. it in a long time. But um, I mean, he, I okay, okay, I, I remember. He was in charge of the uh, sci- the military base that Bruce Banner's father was working, in, yeah. and Banner's father specialized in regeneration, molecular biology things like that, and then that went horribly wrong because it's a comic book, things have to go horribly wrong. And yeah, I think that's horribly Bruce, good. It's true. You'd think there could be something horribly good. You know, they Maybe with the uh, upcoming uh, villains issues that, that DC is doing, things will go horribly good for everyone else, and the villains will be put in an awkward position. <laughs> but, but he winds up, uh, he butts heads with Banner's father. They Then uh, Banner winds up dating his daughter, Betty, 
and he has all of this bias towards Banner because he worked with his father. And he wants father to kind of harness the energy of the Hulk. He actually tries not to kill him for a while. He wants to harness the Hulk's potential oh, to yeah. use it. Uh, uh, yeah. it. And then William Hurt was just kind of there because the Incredible Hulk movie, I didn't much care. No one was really developed as far as characters yeah. go in that one, I thought. Except for... The one, except for the next bad guy, I think we ought to talk about. Unless you want to stick on Ross for a minute, you have in the Incredible Hulk, you have Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky, the Abomination. Oh yeah. He's another Abomination. He's another recurring Hulk villain. Talk to me about the Abomination. Abomination is awesome. Like I didn't actually realize he's uh, he's such an old villain. I never knew that. I thought he was more of a creation of a modern modern day. And then I kind of realized that's kind of a stupid thought because. He's been around forever because, you know, when you think about it, you have the Hulk. What's the next best thing? What's the thing that could beat the Hulk? I know. Something that's basically the Hulk. <laughs> but if I'm not mistaken, he is. He does still keep some of his intelligence. So I remember in the movie, wasn't he a secret agent guy? No. Which one was this? Was he the secret agent guy? In the, um, movie? In the movie, in the Incredible Hulk film uh, with Tim Roth, he was given a few uh, biometric upgrades. To yeah. help him heal faster, run faster, and then he got infected with uh, Banner's blood. When he was fighting the Hulk. He cut him. Some of that blood dripped into a cut on his forehead. The blood commingled, and the resulting infection and mutation was what turned him into physically the Abomination. It had him looking all grotesque and like the Abomination. Yeah, and he was just a complete and total ass kicker. Awesome. Yeah, I actually really did enjoy. It. I enjoyed that movie a lot more than Hulk movies for saying all oh, that first movie was awful, and the second one was actually quite good. I liked it. Edward Norton did a good job. He did, he did better than that guy. His face. Edward uh, uh, Eric Bana. Bana. Eric Bana, yeah. He did a lot better than Eric Bana. But I still didn't notice Eric Bana was the main villain in the first Star Trek movie. But anyways, tangents, tangents, tangents. Good makeup. Yeah, the Abom- it was. He, he never even recognized him at all. But as for Abomination, I really liked Abomination because, like, you know, he's pretty much as smart as he's as smart as he was, you know, originally. And I like that because it adds a certain tactical advantage, kind of like Thunderbolt Ross. But unlike Thunderbolt Ross, he doesn't have that same weakness. <laughs> so, you know, he gets madder, he's screwed. Oh, no, this guy's basically the Hulk, and he can think, and he can beat the shit out of, uh, he can beat the shit out of everything. Oh, I didn't know he has gills. He has gills. That's pretty awesome. I did not know that. It's true, yeah, he can breathe underwater. Um, again, looking over the Internet, I'm not as familiar with all this yeah. off the top of my head as I should be. It That's says here that the abomination too. is... Listed initially, he's like twice as strong as the Hulk, but his strength does not increase or decrease. It's just flat out. He's twice as strong as normal Hulk, so as Hulk gets angrier, he can eventually overcome the abomination strength. So it just takes enough time for his anger to keep going up. Hmm. And I did not know that, because uh, I know we're looking at the same Wikipedia page. I did not know he is now strong enough to, he can like shoot hellfire and is even stronger now. I think that's a newer development, because as I said, as I said on before the podcast, the Red Hulk thing, I never, uh, I think we got a few issues into that, and we stopped reading it, because, you know, the comics, only, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it sucks. It, I think, I think uh, it, there should be some kind of a rule. You need to have, like, one comic book shop per town. Yeah, there's It doesn't have to about... be huge. You just need to have one. It, it's like, you know, the the old school drugstore, or you call me crazy, but, you know, the old video, the old movie rental store, too. I mean, I know, I have oh, Netflix, yeah. I love Netflix, don't get me wrong, but, you know, there's, it's one of those things that seems to have kind of gone away, and you, you really kind of need to bring back a little, you know? Yeah, because there's, 
Well, it was about ten, about fifteen minutes from our house. So you know, we could, we'd, I'd go there. We'd go there every week. I was a regular during the weekend because I played D and D and stuff there, and I became friends with everybody. But let's see, there's one like twenty five. There's about one about twenty minutes in, like towards the mall and stuff. So you know, the traffic like there's hell. So we never go there. And then the rest of them are like you know, 20, thirty minutes this way, thirty minutes that way. It's one of those it's not readily available, and really, I don't see many people going on pilgrimages for comic books. Sadly. That and Bar- if you want one bad enough, Barnes and Noble, right around where that comic shop was. Yeah, Barnes that, that and Noble, that. they are frequent. You can find them everywhere. Yeah. That, oh, part my Barnes and Noble, my local one. The only thing that's really good about it is that they have an impeccable metal selection because they know they have a guy that works there that uh, it keeps everything in check. So I come in, there's all like the new underground releases. I'm like, good job. It's way too overpriced, but good job. <laughs> but yeah, at, at least it's, it's on the shelves. That, that it is. I, when they have buy two, get one free, I do jump on that. Yeah, it's great that it's on the shelf. But, you know, comic shops, that's the way it goes. But I did make a killing before they closed. I got like $250 worth of stuff for 50 so not bad. It's good to know people. Oh, you know, going out of business sales benefit the consumer, especially oh, yeah. if you have a rapport with the owner. Yeah, uh, actually, oh, the best thing, just just to finish this, finish the tangent, they had a, uh, long, a deal with, you can fill a long box with single issues, uh, it'd be th- uh, fill it all the way full, it's $35 flat. Not not bad. No, that's a damn good deal. But sadly, I could not I could not justify an entire long box of stuff I only wanted half of. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't quite do that as much as okay. I would like to. Yeah, you like, about, the Abomination's a fun one. Now, one of the ones that we I think we should talk about a little bit here, just because of how bizarrely he was portrayed in Ang Lee's Hulk movie. I think we should talk a little bit about the absorbing. Oh yeah, he was in that movie. That was his. Yeah, they uh, Nick Nolte who played uh, Banner's father irradiated yeah. himself with the gamma bomb and became the absorbing. Well, a version of the absorbing. Yeah, so, absorbing. And it was a little abstract towards the end there because he became like incorporeal and he lightning and then it was a little awkward, a little bit odd. That that hurt the third act. I think I felt as far as that. Oh, movie went, but talk to me a little bit about the Absorbing Man, how he kind of matches up with Hulk. Oh, actually, and I didn't know a little this, bit about that. This. Actually, apparently he was a thing I didn't know because I always did know him as a Hulk villain. He was actually a Thor villain for the longest time. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. That, that seemed that that was where he started was him against Thor. Yeah, but you know it's pretty good. But uh, Hulk, you know, of course he's a great he's a great match for the Hulk because you know the Hulk really strong, really angry, just keeps getting stronger. Well, Absorbing Man keeps your powers for. You know, as much as he would like to. Or if you're in a shitty movie with Hulk dogs, uh, we can become lightning and oxygen in a really overstretched concept. Yeah, he's, I yeah. mean, pretty much, uh, his his name is what he basically does. He just, you know, he absorbs shit. And he can become as strong as and have the same power, which is really, really neat. Because, you know, you always need somebody like that. It kind of reminds me of Super Scroll. So Fantastic Four, yeah, like he had all the powers of all four of the Fantastic Four. It's pretty fucking neat. I've seen it. I've noticed just because I can't come up with much absorbing man. Honestly, I don't know much about him. But the funny thing is, I've noticed most of the Hulk's villains are as strong as like the the main way they come up with. Oh, we can beat the Hulk is he's as strong as the Hulk. Because <laughs> he, he's he's not like Superman. You can't say well he's got the same powers set. All the Hulk really has is he gets angry, he hits things, and he can regenerate. That's pretty much the Hulk's power set. Now, if you want to get into shit like, you know, thunderclaps and jumping high and all that, yeah, he's got that. But I've noticed, like, the main theme of the villain 
is pretty much I can pound you into the ground harder. Superman. Well, Superman's got a bunch of evil scientists. It's weird. Sorry, just random tangent, but I just found that I just found that interesting off the top of my head. All right, that's fine. that's a, that is that's really interesting. Um, one of the other interesting things I think we need to touch on a little bit here: the multiple personalities of the Hulk. Yes. Now, for those of you who don't know, the original incarnation of the Hulk was not Big Green Rage Monster. No. Originally, uh, when Bruce Banner at night, beyond his control, Bruce Banner would turn into a large gray figure who became known as Joe Fixit. And that was one of his dissociative identity disorder, multiple personality, whatever you want to call it. Then he also had other versions of the Hulk that exist within his psyche. And some of them, and Joe Fixit's kind of a harmless being. He's a bit morally ambivalent, but he's not a bad guy. Then you have the Hulk who will rampage on occasion. Then inside Banner's mind, you get something like Savage Hulk, which is a completely different animal. Yes. And I remember, I remember Savage Hulk. Yeah. Savage Hulk was cool. Continue. Sorry. He was. He, he was all for destroying everything. That should be. And, oh yeah, he's the Hulk. The other, and again, there are other versions of the Hulk that exist within the psyche of uh, Bruce Banner. And, what, and again, uh, Savage Hulk is one of them. Guilt Hulk is one of them. Who is... Guilt Hulk is uh, the relation of the the result of all of his, I would suggest, guilt, the way he feels about what he's done, what went on around him as a child, that whole nine yards. That's, he confronts, he actually confronts uh, Guilt Hulk within his own mind with uh, Savage Hulk and, and Joe Fixit and himself, and then they wind up kind of fusing. There's also probably the most vo- malevolent version, the Devil Hulk. Mm-hmm. The Devil Hulk lives, is also within the mind of Bruce Banner. He's the malevolent part. He's the one who is pissed off about everything that's happened to him. And not just angry about it like the Hulk, who gets angry from time to time. He wants revenge. He actually wants to destroy everything. And very specifically because he feels slighted. Oh, wouldn't that, uh, didn't that become a villain, a ravage? Like a future Hulk who just wanted to fuck shit up, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I believe so. He's uh, That was in one of their uh, future storylines, you meet someone from the future. That was one of the versions that got out and wound up like wiping out the world and ruling it. Yeah, that was actually really neat. It was a good comic. Wow. I, think, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even know. I wasn't aware that the Devil Hulk was actually a thing. I just thought Ravage was just, you know, Hulk gone bad or something. Devil Hulk. Yeah, I like believe it. that, you know, it, it says it's a part of his, it's another one of his identities and that you know that poor guy banner must have so much psychological trauma <laughs> oh yeah sounds like abused as a child Where, where's mark when we need him I'm sure yeah, he was abused. They, they did discuss he was abused as a child that was actually one of the things i liked about ang lee's version of the hulk was to get the kind of rage that fuels the hulk and bruce banner there is there has to be some kind of significant trauma within that person's life to fuel it like that. What happened to him would would be enough to keep you going like that. It would it's nothing to screw around with. So was there anyone else specifically that comes to your mind besides those guys when we talk about Hulk villains that just springs to your mind? Uh there's one that's just fresh in my mind because like I've been saying I've I've read almost all the issues from like the last decade. So, you know, as you can tell my memory of some of them are a little it's a little uh jumpy because it's been a long time. I can't imagine what happens 
be old like, you know, old Ben Radlich. <laughs> I give him so much I give him so much help for that too. Every podcast I'm on I'm like, Yeah, me and some thirty seven year old guy from Florida talk about metal. <laughs> That's the only, no, the as only long metal as you, Hey, if the guy can talk about metal, he's still young at heart, I think, so Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've noticed we need more metalheads on the site. We do, we do. There are not I, enough. I didn't really, no, I didn't realize how big the site really was until I ran into people like, yeah, man, I read a full on one all the time. I'm like, sweet, you ever read my column? He's like, oh, there's a music section. I'm like, he's like, all I do is look at pictures of Coco. I'm like, yeah, yeah, piss off. He's like, yeah, he's like, you should tell me more pictures of Coco. I'm like, I'll tell Jeremy right away. But anyways, uh, AJ Gray will be thrilled. Oh yeah, AJ. I'm on AJ Gray. But yeah, uh, what was I? Oh yeah, the uh, the one villain that really I have two villains I want to talk about because we haven't talked about them. But the one I was thinking of was the Red King, which I'm sure you're not familiar with because it was not in just mainly comics, but the Planet Hulk storyline. Uh, I don't know if you do know anything about that. Uh, yeah, I've read a, I've read up a little bit on it, and I've seen. There's actually I saw the uh, Planet oh, Hulk yeah. uh, animated movie. movie that they have up right now, which is very good. It was real solid, yeah. The the villain, the main villain of that after, because basically here's basically the story is they uh, supposedly they were gonna they sent the Hulk into space or something to fix something, and turns out the uh, Marvel Illuminati was fucking him over and sent him on a rocket that was supposed to send him somewhere safe, and he ended up going to this planet that is just like you know deserts and monsters and all the other shit. So he's in the desert beating the shit out of like all these monsters monsters. And this uh, the main villain, the Red King, who's as you can guess, he's red and he's the king of the uh, king of the castle, king of the castle, just like Borat. He is the king, and he enslaves the Hulk. And you know the Hulk is uh, stuck on this. He's stuck in this coliseum with all these other races of uh, beings. And more or less by the end of it, he can't kill the Hulk because the Hulk has uh, he's got like fan support. He's got the people behind him, so he keeps trying to kill the Hulk. With all these uh, just impossible tasks, impossible battles, impossible battles, and all, all that stuff like that, but the Hulk which naturally the Hulk overcomes because you're only making him angrier by making him do this stuff. Yeah, and in this actually, it's the Hulk is actually intelligent, if I'm not mistaken. He's good. He can talk. Yeah, this, this one is all Hulk, and he is not just Hulk smash everything in sight. He does. He does speak. He does think. There seems to be in the, for this storyline a bit of a merging of. Banner and the Hulk, as far as their consciousness goes, because while he's still very much the Hulk, he does seem to have elements of Bruce Banner, the character, because he seems content to settle down you know, with you know, his family at the end after he overthrows the Red King. Yeah, but he, he is the, intelligent uh, as far as the. Yeah, and basically the coolest thing, because I, you know, was fresh and refreshing as much as I could before the podcast, I was looking at the Red King on Wikipedia. The thing I did forget was that there's uh, the moon of the place they were on was uh, filled with these like these like spores that are uh, basically uh, once they if you let them all on the planet you're going to destroy the planet but the red king doesn't give a shit he wants the Hulk gone so he just lets these things fly and eventually the Hulk uh, beats them and shit like that and I'm trying to remember somewhere in there he fights the Silver Surfer that was cool they enslaved the Silver Surfer to fight him uh, that wasn't Surfer. Silver Surfer I don't think it was I think it was Beta Ray Bill no the comic was Silver Surfer comic was Silver Surfer okay yeah, uh, something like that. Something for the uh, TV, not TV movie, the uh, animated, they couldn't use the Silver Surfer the for some reason. Him, yeah. yeah, so they used Beta Ray Bill. Which, you know, that's fine. Beta Ray Bill's the shit. I like that. He is awesome. It's always fun. It's, it's always they need fun to get him in the next Thor movie somehow. They do. 
I mean, come on, come on, guys. <laughs> Why not? We're going to have Guardians of the Galaxy. Why not get the Cosmic Thor? Yeah. Well, we can. Guardians. Yeah, I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Be I mean, careful you when you say it. that, because Batman and Robin, the Fantastic Four movies, th- there's a bunch of bad things that can happen. I saw both of those movies in theaters. Fantastic Four movies. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was convinced the first one was good because I was like 13 and Jessica Alba was scantily clad for 10 seconds. I was like, yeah, great move. And then, <laughs> then, then, then yeah. And then, uh, then I quickly realized the error of my ways, and there's a whole internet for things like this, so I quickly realized it was actually quite a shitty movie. But Chris Evans and Michael Chiklis did a very good job. Both of them were Yeah, they, I, did. I like Michael. Yeah, and Chris Evans. He, he did a good Human Torch. I'd love to see him in. Uh, I'd love to see him like Captain America meets the Fantastic Four. That'd be awesome. Just have him play both. He'd be pulling double duty. He'd be switching costumes every ten seconds. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But yeah, the uh, basically by the end, of, basically by the end of the uh, Planet Hulk story, he he defeats the Red King in what was a pretty epic battle that I remember. And then he settles down as king, his wife, and then his wife is pregnant, and then somehow I forget how the world ends, but he destroys the world. Uh, actually, what happens is the ship that he was sent on by the Illuminati, which in this, it didn't have a bomb. It, uh, it comes out that one of his warbounds, the insect guy, Meek, uh, fiddled with it deliberately to get it to blow up. Uh, okay, the ship yeah. blew up, killed his wife, and at that point he was angry not only because, I mean, he managed to find a modicum of peace, and then he, and his impression then was the Illuminati, which was, what, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards, and Tony Stark, I think. Uh, Tony Stark, Black Bolt from, uh, yeah, Black Bolt from What's Their Faces, the, uh, shit, the people on the moon. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, know what you're talking about. And, uh, Charles Xavier, I think it was... Xavier wasn't involved of, in it, actually. I thought he was, I thought he was part of it. He's a member of the Illuminati, but actually when Hulk comes back, uh, oh, yeah, from okay. his planet to start the World War Hulk storyline, he goes after Professor X first, and... Xavier tells him, no, I didn't have anything to do with it, but I would have agreed with the decision, and Hulk eventually decides that, because this happened right after M-Day when all the mutants lost their powers, so he decided Xavier had suffered enough, so he moved on to the others. This makes me want to go rip, uh, pull out all my comics, because <laughs> I, I have them everywhere. It's just, because like, my room's basically like four comic boxes, a giant tub of comics, <laughs> two crates. Yeah, it makes me want to go do that, go rip out all these Hulk comics. But yeah, more, more or less, yeah, he, Hulk is angry, and the Red King was pretty awesome. And the other thing that comes out of World War Hulk is the Hulk has a son. Yeah, Scar. Yeah, and Scar just fucks shit up, which, which was fine. Yeah. I, I really wish I would have read more of Scar, but eh. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what was the other villain I want to talk about? Oh, the leader. I'm sorry we didn't talk about that. Remember the leader, don't you? Out the big head. Uh, no, enlighten me. Oh, uh, let's find find. He's, uh, let's see, just the Wikipedia description, a gamma-radiated genius with superhuman intelligence and mind control abilities. Yeah, he's one of the uh, only villains that's actually not, uh, you know, like, ass-kicking. You know, most of the Hulk, uh, most of the Hulk villains are just, uh, I want to fuck, just fuck shit up and kill everything, and I want to kill you. And they tend to be power versus power. They're big guys and big guys. Destroy as much crap as possible. Yeah, and this guy, from what I can see, he looks to be a lot more cerebral. Yeah, as you can tell by his head is on a... He's got a giant brain, and his head is being held up by, like, a device. It's too big. His brain's too big. Yeah, <laughs> his neck cannot support his brain. Yeah, sad, and he looks kind of funny. But, yeah, basically, he is the one He's the one villain. Like Kind of like how Superman, like I was saying, Superman is mainly evil. Like, he's got Lex Luthor, 
And you've got a few other ones that are kind of like a parasite and something parasite. Uh, shit, the guy with the piece of car- carbonite. Damn it, Krypton, kryptonite in his chest. Yeah, most of them are evil scientists or somebody who's got power. And on like Doomsday, Doomsday is like the one, the really I'm going to kick your ass villain. Whereas this, the leader is the only one that's really cerebral and thinking. Which I find to be incredibly in because it's not. I mean, I don't. I don't think I've read. I haven't read many comics of the leader because I don't really recall the leader being in many of the modern Hulk comics. But the leader is just a really cool idea. He's super smart and he has mind control shit. So he can he can basically formulate plans. I'm assuming trap the Hulk, kill the Hulk, whatever. And he can think. He could think him up. He could probably orchestrate him. And since he's got mind control powers, he can probably get them to go through whatever channel he wishes. <laughs> I don't know, let's yeah, see. It looks like the um it looks like he is a little bit in the Incredible Hulk. I think so. Uh just as uh I think there is. I think he's in yeah, there for a little yeah. bit. He's like part of the one who turns uh Blonsky into the abomination. I don't think they touch on it much after that. I haven't seen that movie in forever, but I believe he's a little bit in that. Uh yeah, yeah he does look it looks like someone they should have they should use more. I mean, because you, know, you can only throw so much stuff at the Hulk and have and just get matter and matter and matter. But having someone who will outthink him, outstrategize him, use mind control and whatnot that I'm kind of surprised we haven't that we haven't seen that done in films yeah. more. Especially, in, I mean, you know, there's always a mark. You know, if you need if you need a villain and you don't want to go force for force, you go with someone really smart. And this and he looks really interesting. I'll have to do some more research on him. Yeah, because I know he is a huge villain. He was a huge. I think he was a pretty big part of the Hulk TV, the Hulk cartoon. Because as for the, like the '80s TV show, I'm not very knowledgeable on that because that wasn't really that wasn't something I really watched as a kid, or I haven't really seen it on that much anymore. He's come on Sci-Fi a lot, but they stopped showing it. Sad. Oh well, Sci-Fi's got to show more important things like having Urkel make people touch things in the dark. Totally. <laughs> That's science fiction, kids. That and Rathlin. Yeah. It's now S-Y-F-Y, so it's not necessarily the same thing. Uh, yeah, it does look like he was a recurring villain in the 90s Incredible Hulk series, so you probably remember him from then. Yeah, he was. I just, I'm trying to think of the comics, because I was just skimming through the stuff, and I don't remember the storylines, because I remember, not, I've read a little of 90s Hulk, and it wasn't that great. Thing in 90s comics are a little, are a lot of hit in me. Cause there, a lot are of some, uh, there are some misses. Yeah. And there are some hits, or I guess, depending. Like, I love Spawn. I've found people that really don't like Spawn. I'm like, okay. Spawn's <laughs> I, I like Spawn. Spawn's the shit. Yeah, Spawn's, I found some... Uh, he's an interesting concept. It was well executed. Uh, I'm done with Spawn. I, but, you know, you also got stuff like the One More Day storyline with Spider-Man, or... Oh, that made me mad. Yeah, <laughs> the One More I can Day. Al- I always know how to make a... I can always piss off any comic book fan by just mentioning that story arc, and it instantly <sighs> ruins their day. Oh, actually, I remember because this was like, because like pretty much from like eighth grade to my senior year of high school, that comic shop was open. So every week, I got my stepdad into comics. That's why we bought so many because I got him into them, so he bought them. Uh, <laughs> and that wasn't even on purpose. I was just in comics one day. And he's like, "Oh, the Hulk. You know, I like the Hulk. I'm gonna buy some Hulk." <laughs> and that's how that got started. But anyway, though, you know, we were reading everything at the time, and uh, my teacher, one was it a uh, PE teacher? He's like, he's like, "Hey, Coop." I heard that uh, I heard the Spider-Man and Mary Jane are getting divorced. I'm like, yeah, and I explained them the whole thing, and they're like, that's a little weird. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if he even like ran. I was not a fan of it. I'm like, 
you know, if you're Mephisto, the devil-like character who's like, you know, I want to make a deal with yeah, the devil. Mephisto who made the deal to, he wanted to bring yeah. back Aunt May. You, you know, he's like, personally, like, if you were going to do that, if you were going to do that storyline, I would have had her die of a heart attack like three days later. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to work. I mean, you know, that that's the type of thing the devil does. You know, I mean, that's... Instead uh, of, many okay, you get her back. You get her back. problems there were with the first... Yeah, it's just... Uh, and then there was uh, also the Clone Saga around that time. Oh, no, that wasn't the same time. No, 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 no. No, One More Day eh. was... Uh, the two, uh, one More Day one came more day after was, Civil War. One More Day was like 2007, yeah, well, 2008? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I get a lot of crap because one of the when I first started reading, I, I'm not I'm not a huge comic fan, but some of the ones that I did pick up and read and got me actually reading the actual books was in the uh, was in the Clone Saga for Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. so Clone I, there's Saga a little there. trauma there, but I still stand by you, you know I still have much love for Scarlet Spider-Man in my heart just because Scarlet he was Spider-Man there when shit. just because he was there Here's when I started. Oh yeah, I really liked that. I really liked that. But now they apparently they've done a new like an Ultimate Scarlet Spider-Man, and I'm like, mm, sorry, he's not wearing a hoodie. It's not good enough for me. Though it's funny, the uh, I guess since we're on tangent land, I got uh, they they were selling these things in like you know like uh, Circuit City and stuff like that. It was like had every issue of like Amazing Spider-Man on CD. What was it? It was on DVD. Had every issue like PDF format. And, you know, you're fine until you get to, like, the 90s and the 2000s where everything became crossed across multiple books. So you're getting, like, a yeah, fourth you of had the to story. Read, you had to read, like, three different titles to keep the story straight in your head. Yeah, that that's why I'll never be able to finish the Clone Saga because I tried to read some of the single issues and I was so confused. And, you know, people who were reading it normally were so confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was so- it was confusing. Needlessly confusing. Yeah, it's kind of kind of sad. We're down to a little over a minute left. Uh, this has oh, been really? fun. Um, yeah, man, <laughs> Jeez. Time flies with you. Yeah. So what do you, so what do you want to plug? What do I want to plug? Let's see. Sunday, Sunday evening, the Hammer of Doom, my metal column where I talk everything, all the news of the week and heavy metal, all the releases, you know, everything like that. It's basically your one stop. It's your weekly stop for heavy metal. And you want to keep up with uh, releases. Like next week is going to be the best week ever in releases. Like we get new Black Sabbath, new Children of Bodom, and then we get like a bunch of underground stuff like new Summoning and Suicadra and stuff like that. It's going to be get all that stuff. Uh, Let's see. Mark Radlich and I, last week, we did our part one of our Megadeth retrospective where we went from Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good to Euthanasia. Two and a half hours of greatness. You should go listen to it. Because trying to think, basically at the end of the end of June, we'll be doing part two where we cover Cryptic Writings 213, and then two weeks after that we'll be doing the new album, which I've been hearing very very nasty things about. Oh boy, that's going to be bad. See anything else? Oh, I'm in the buyer's house. Hmm? It could be, you know, it could be bad. It could wind up being okay. You know, you, you never, yeah. you can never have no. a hard time trusting no. all of the stuff you hear. Oh, well, my best friend who basically well, loves Megadeth positive. as much as I do. He, he loves as much Megadeth as I do, and he's like, damn, if this, if I weren't a collector, I'd have sent, I'd have given the CD back to Best Buy. It's that bad. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Uh, but, uh, well, I, I will extend happens. my condolences to you for having to listen to it all then. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm still kind of excited because I've heard there's good songs, but out of the four they released, one I liked, and then one was a Pantera ripoff, and then one was weird, and the other one was awful was the title track. And the final thing I should plug, which I'm sure you're going to plug, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. 
I guess for the both of us. And let's see, not is it is it next week? No, two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, right? Week after. Week after. Okay. Yeah, two weeks. Okay, yeah, two weeks. It's going to be myself. It's going to be Robert Winfrey here, the villain, the Sam the Eagle, and then Sean Comer, my fellow uh, Sunday Night Music Zone columnist. Uh, the three of us are going to be with the host Mark Radlich. We're going to be talking about all four Superman movies, or all four Superman movies plus the Donner cut. So technically four and a half, five movies, because this is going to be great, because I love the first two movies, but it's been a while since I've seen them, and then I haven't seen the second two movies, so it's going to be great. And it's uh, going to be like a three. Two, uh, you, you can have some fun with three. Three. There, are, there's good, there are good times to be had in Superman 3. Four just kind of... Well, I've heard four is just, oh, God, it's like... B grade Superman movies. Uh, I've heard very you know, nasty things. I wouldn't about it. personally. I wouldn't insult B grade movies by comparing them with that movie. <laughs> well, B grade budget effects. Yeah. Well, let, let me put it to you like this: there is a sequence where Superman rebuilds the Great Wall of China by looking at it. What? He's not Chuck Norris. He can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It, it, the the fourth one's a trip. It's a trip. Uh, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have fun with that. So it's gonna be four of us, a two-hour podcast, which is gonna probably go even longer. But you know, I can't wait. It's gonna be great. I've been trying to get on that podcast for a while. It's a good time. I've been on there for a couple of them. Uh, they bring me on when they want when, when they do, I do a horror, horror franchise because I'm a big horror fan. And uh, this October, actually, when Mark's on uh, another hiatus, uh, Comer and I, Sean Comer and I will be will spend uh, a couple of weeks, maybe three, talking about the Hellraiser franchise. So. Ooh. If you're into that, tune into that. Set your calendars. October be a good time. Listen to a couple of guys talk about Hellraiser. Dang it, Mark! Uh, I forgot yeah. Mark was going on hiatus in October. Shit! Because <laughs> <laughs> with because with uh, the music podcast, we took like like a month and a half off. Damn. Oh well, it's still better than nothing. Yeah. Oh well, I still love Mark. <laughs> it's you know as much work as the guy does, he needs to bring now and then. Oh yeah, dude. Okay. He does like fourteen thousand podcasts like a week because he does one. He let's see, I know he does Ground and Pound, which are yeah, you are hosting that this week. Hmm. I I will be hosting that this week and next week because he won't get back in time for that one. So yeah, I'm hosting the weekly MMA podcast every Sunday, nine p.m. Eastern. He does Long Road to Ruin every other Tuesday. I think the, he alternates that with. Uh, Talking metal with talking uh, music reviews with you. You can usually find him on the Casual Heroes talking wrestling. He will occasionally guest spot with your uh, Three Beards podcast, and he's got no, the uh, political one that he does uh, from the right uh, radio, from the right, radio the right hook. The John Brown. So yeah, he, he's all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope In everybody to, calls you know, him having the, a job. Oh yeah, because he wears there's quite a community and a family and you know. a. Those things. Yeah, hopefully everybody will come and call in for you. I'm sure they will. I hope I so. Uh, you know, well, and if I, not, it'll just be 90 minutes of me rambling about MMA-related stuff, and there are worse things out there than that. Well, I, say, I know that my Stiller is not yet dead. If I can get my column done, see if I can call in, because I plan on watching the show. This, uh, the okay, yeah, if nobody trailer. else calls in, feel free to. Oh, yeah, well, even if that one is a call-in show, so anybody listening who wants to call in, we do accept call-ins. Oh yeah, I was because I was like, well, I'll be replacement Mark Radlich, where I kind of t- where I try to make sure make it sound like I know what I'm talking about, except Mark knows what he's talking about. <laughs> sure, because I'd be with uh, you three. I'd be with you, Pat, and uh, Jeff, and y'all know what you're yeah. talking about. I'm, I'm the closest we try. thing you will ever. I'm the closest thing you're going to get to a casual uh, casual MMA person that uh, participates in the MMA section, which I'm actually going to be in That would be fine. Hey, well, if you've got the time. Feel free to. I said we take call-ins. You're, you would be welcome. 
Uh, oh, I do need to plug my there. column. I need to plug mm-hmm. my column quickly. Locked in the guillotine. Uh, this we're recording this on Thursday. It will be up Friday. I preview the upcoming UFC on Fuel TV card, the last one, featuring two Brazilians fighting for the tough title, and no one seems to know anything about them or really care that much. Uh, the main no. the main event is Big Nog taking on Fabricio Verdum. There's some there's some good fights lined up, so I preview the main card. And they talk about the news, like Rampage Jackson signing with Bellator. Yeah, that was fun. Or injuries hurting UFC 161. Click the column, read. You'll get to see all of that fun stuff and more. Uh, Robert, it's been fun having you on. I hope you'll come back again sometime if we find something that you feel comfortable talking about. Oh, yeah. Usually with comic books, I'm good. It's just the Hulk. I'm off the rusty. But like Batman, basically, you can come up with anything. I can usually jump in if I'm good enough. Or we'll just ramble for 45 minutes. (laughs) There are worse things to do than ramble for 45 minutes about comic book villains. As I said, you can watch part of a Ben Stiller movie. I mean, hey, you you still are the most downloaded podcast on uh, the Radlitch and Broadcasting Network. (laughs) It's true. All right, so for the metalhead, Robert Cooper, who does great things around the website, and we need more metalheads. I am Robert Winfrey, the host, reminding you all that that the light is bright because the shadows are dark. Thank villains for making things sweeter in your life. Have a good night, folks.